0: Can I see him we'll give it
1: up? Good. Are we rolling yet?
0: Yes, okay. officially. But I'm gonna cut all this out. Love it. Yeah. Um, Steph Keppen, welcome to my kitchen. Thank you. Thanks for being here.
1: It's a nice kitchen.
0: Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Hope that wine's okay. We'll find out. We'll find out soon enough. Singer-songwriter, piano player. What else? Mm. cat owner
1: cat lady yeah yeah, yeah um, yeah, but I suppose music is is uh the bulk of it, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, grew up in Tucson, mm-hmm, and do you have uh siblings
1: I do, I have two um younger twin sisters,
0: no shit, mm-hmm. so you're the oldest. And are they musicians as well? Not at all. A parents?
1: Um, my dad does like to write country songs, plays a few chords on his guitar. Nice. So he's probably the one that um, got me started in music. Mm-hmm.
0: And what, what music were you listening to when you were growing up?
1: Top 40 pop radio. <laughs> yeah. And uh, early on, like 90s country, because that's what my dad listened to. Right. Right. And I thought, if my dad listened to it, it must not be cool, so...
0: Interesting, so you rebelled.
1: <laughs> I rebelled, and I listened to that bubblegum stuff every day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is, all right, so this is, you said, nine, you grew up in the 90s and in did. Tucson. Uh-huh. Um. And your dad was a musical influence. What, like, was there a point kind of growing up where music went from kind of you know, being interested in music to wanting to do music.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, when I was seven, I picked up the violin, hated it, never practiced, transitioned to piano, which I'm glad I did because it's obviously a much better songwriting instrument. Right. Um, And then I started writing like instrumental compositions when I was little on piano and I also would sing, like, I sang at church, and I would, um, my dad cut, like, a a children's Christian album back in the day, and me and my sisters all sang on it.
0: How adorable. <laughs>
1: that, so that was my first studio experience, was singing these, um, Jesus songs that, that he my wrote. dad wrote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If um, that doesn't
0: get you into heaven... <laughs> I'm not sure that there's (laughs) another way.
1: Right. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, so I was singing, you know, when I was little and playing and people started um, suggesting that I try doing both at once. So in middle school, I finally started. um, The first song I I taught myself to play and sing was Hero by Mariah Carey.
0: Oh, classic.
1: Did it at my talent show and... Crushed it? The rest is history. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I realized, oh yeah, I, I can, I can, I can, do uh, this. I can do both these things. Bring them together at once, and of course, from there, I started writing my own original songs.
0: Yeah, did you have? Did you ha- You were you self-taught piano, or did you like oh, start I taking had, lessons? And- I
1: had a teacher at first. For yeah, I had a teacher for years when I was younger. Then when I was a teenager, I decided I just was going to use my ear because you know I was just picking out chords from these radio hit songs that yeah. were pretty easy to figure out. And then I, then I hit a wall later on. So, um, when I was like 18 or 19, I started studying with, um, a jazz teacher for a little bit, which sort of caught me up on all my music theory. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, I took classical lessons when I was younger. There was some downtime in between where I was just experimenting and creating on my own. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I needed maybe some more instruction.
0: And were you, after that, were you cutting like m- cutting records in, in high school? Or
1: I ha- I've I've been in a band. I've always had like my own garage band since I was thirteen. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so yeah, the first official release I di- I put out was actually early college, but those were songs I was you know writing and playing out during high school.
0: All right, so you were gigging you were gigging in, in high school.
1: Um, Not really for pay. Like, I was on bills with local bands. Okay. I started gigging more professionally, I guess, at the end of college. You know, just background, bar, restaurant, fellow stuff.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. you went to U of A, and you studied music, or was it something else?
1: My major ended up being just communication. My minors were music and Spanish. It was just an undergrad degree. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So after... So after U of A, you like how did that transition go to to like a full time musician?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I had a day job uh, while I you know I was doing more gig work at, in the evenings, yeah. and I had a day job tutoring blind, visually impaired um, high school and college students, <laughs> and. They had. I got laid off. Essentially, they had to downsize the company, and I was just part time. They let me go, um, and instead of finding another consistent day job, I just decided to go for it mm-hmm. full free, full time freelancing, and I've never had to look back.
0: Yeah. When was that?
1: That was. Mm, so I've been doing music full time in some capacity. Four or five years now. Nice. So that was probably 2016 mm-hmm. that I got let go and just decided to, to yeah, see what I could do if I just um, put myself out there more for just gig work around yeah. Arizona. Yeah. yeah.
0: What is the scene like in in Tucson? I don't really get down there much, but is there is there kind of enough of that sort of work down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and you know it's a smaller pond, and I've been there for a while, so that helps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's lots of um lots of places to play actually.
0: Like, like resort stuff. Yeah. Wine bar stuff. Plenty
1: of plenty of resorts. Lots of weddings down there. Oh yeah, there you go. And um, yeah, bars and restaurants.
0: Sure. And when did you get connected to the Lucky Devils? Um,
1: 2014. So I was, uh, yeah, singing for weddings and corporate stuff up here and then, uh, bookings were getting busy enough in Tucson to constitute having its own sort of base of musicians and coordinator, which ended up being myself. So yeah, I book lots of musicians around Arizona for weddings and private events. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And is that, is that work kind of coming back? Is it back? Kind oh, of like it's,
1: it's totally back. I mean, really? we'll see. Yeah. October is, is crazy, but we'll see how things play out.
0: Yeah. But it's, you're not seeing any cancellations at this point.
1: I'm seeing a, a couple. Really? Like, uh, yeah, some clients are deciding to play it safe and, and cancel, but, but we're still pretty busy yeah. for the fall. So great. Let's hope it sticks.
0: Yeah. Knock on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking um, briefly about your throat issue, and I'm mm-hmm. just curious if, if we can wrap about that. Um, sure. Because it's obviously a very unique scenario, uh, but it sounds like you figured out a way to manage it. Mm-hmm. And I just I would I would bet that there are many singers who would love to hear the story and how you have managed to you know take care of it.
1: Sure. Yeah, the good news is it's very rare. Um, it would be highly unlikely that I'd ever meet another singer with a singer's dystonia, which is what we um, suspect I'm dealing with at this point. Um, meaning that I am experiencing these vocal cord spasms with certain tasks, um, with certain singing tasks. It's yeah. like a certain range, certain... Um, consonants will set it off. Um, so I've been just, uh, well, after a year of trying to figure out, to get any sort of answer as to what I was dealing with, um, I just started retraining my voice with new and arguably better technique anyways. Hmm. Um, yeah, let me see. Where do I start here? (laughs) Um, (laughs)
0: I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, it's
1: just it's been like a two and a half year ordeal. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's just hard to know where to start because for a while I was so in the dark about what was going on, right? Because I didn't know enough about my voice. When it uh, through this process, I've had to really learn um, how my voice works. And and
0: um, just talking about technique, mm-hmm. like how much, how much. Like retraining did you have to do, or um what were some of the things that that found that you found that that helped through that through mm-hmm. those obstacles?
1: So when this first came about, um, I could not access any of my lighter head voice. I could not hum for a year. I was going to gigs and really just having sh- to shout through them. Nothing would come out if i huh if I tried to to use my head voice. Um, so I just thought. I had taken it, maybe gone a little too hard right. that week when it came on, but it continued for months. So I finally got into a couple different voice coaches, and um, they sort of recognized I needed more specialized help. Huh. Went to a speech pathologist. We did so many sessions, realized therapy. The working parts of my voice were responding to therapy, but not the issue I came to attack. Right, right, right. So, I end up at the Mayo Clinic trialing botox injections into my vocal cords and I'm pretty skeptical. I've tried I feel like at this point I've tried everything and I'm skeptical this is going to work, but sure enough, I open my mouth like a week after this first botox injection and I could sing. Hmm. I felt unstoppable. Oh my god. And
0: how amazing. And did then that
1: feel? it felt amazing. <laughs> so, I was on top of the world for a week, it was a small dose at first, and then it faded, and I just fell back off a cliff. Like, uh-huh. my problem came back. Right. So we did more injections. Up, We continued to up the dose. I got more time out of the injection. Even though there were some trade-offs, like, my tone was a little affected. But once I was, like, living in the sweet spot with the injection, once it faded to, like, an ideal point, I was just, I had never enjoyed singing so much. Yeah. Um, but every time the injections fade, my problem comes back. However, it's like better each time, Mm -hmm. maybe because I'm, well, I'm certainly learning a lot while I'm on the Botox, but also, um, maybe getting rid of the tension I built around the problem with each injection.
0: And how long does like one injection, how long does that last?
1: Well, it's hard to say because, um, we've been doing different amounts each time. Mm -hmm. But the most I got out of it was like a month and a half of ideal usable um, singing voice. Mm -hmm. And it's quite faded now, but I'm gigging again and uh, I've played with so many different techniques and different ways that, like you said, I can manage it Mm -hmm. and get around it. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the most important things is to just Relax as much as possible that's with everything, but my goodness, I just never uh would have imagined how huge that would be for my singing voice
0: and and this was kind of happening during covid
1: it happened like uh it first happened about a year it came on about a year before covid
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm
1: so i was kind of just forcing myself through these gigs and crying myself to sleep every night because i knew i knew i wasn't doing a good job and i but i all of my intuition that i had at all about singing was inaccessible to me right so it was it was maddening it still is maddening there's still some gray area um as to how my what my condition actually Mm -hmm. is but um, we do believe based off of the way I responded to the Botox injections, we believe it to be a neurological, wow. um, yeah, dystonia. So, um, silver lining. Love it. I hit me with the silver lining. Yeah.
0: Tell me that there is one.
1: I, as a whole person, I have benefited from this experience. I had to attack my voice issue from every angle. And so I really did gain a lot from it. Um, and now i now i really understand how the voice works and how my voice works and um because of that i've had success yeah retraining my voice and coming up with ways to to get around the problem mm-hmm. a year ago i thought i was probably done singing forever and that was my outlet right songwriting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but i could write a song but if i couldn't sing it it just didn't feel right the same so i didn't even write i had i had nothing for right. a year and a half or so there um, so I'm relieved that I, I, I know that I will be able to continue singing. It'll yeah. be different, but hopefully overall it'll be better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I think, you know, uh, one big topic on this podcast is how, um, COVID, uh, affected, you know, creativity. Um, mm-hmm. and for me personally, I, I had to confront um, um, this huge anxiety about, you know, not working because I, I'm, I attach my happiness to my ability to work and sing and write and, you know, do all that stuff. So I can't imagine, you know, there's, there's this kind of general anxiety everywhere. And then on top of that, not feeling like you could even physically sing, right? That must have been a terrifying fucking thing i'm so glad to hear that that we're on the opposite end of that for for you you know yeah
1: i'm on the other side for sure yeah that's awesome mm -hmm. and COVID actually gave me you know almost a year off right to really zoom into the issue
0: right right so interesting timing yeah right you get you get to take a break and and really Figure. Yeah, I
1: didn't have the anxiety of having to be prepared for another gig. I could just right. really focus on on my voice and yeah. getting better.
0: And how did it? I mean, did you find yourself writing more during COVID, or was it really just? I'm gonna. F- I
1: was too depressed to write because yeah. I didn't know who I was writing, whose voice I was writing for. Yeah. Um, I just played piano more, mm-hmm. so that was nice. Mm-hmm. I started learning German and no playing sure. piano more. Um. So yeah, those are the, those are two big things I, I worked on during Talk COVID. Talk to me about
0: learning German. Well. You, okay. So your last <laughs> name is very German.
1: Very German. Yeah. Keppen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I really love languages. I, um, I know a little, you know, pretty good Spanish. It was, I studied it in school yeah. and I get lots of practice down in Tucson. I bet you do.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: um, and then from there i i like i took a semester of portuguese in school i started to like view languages as you know secret codes mm-hmm. and that really excited me uh and yes because i i uh, come from you know a german heritage i german was next on my list and mm. um so i downloaded my duolingo app and just obsessed over it during uh quarantine
0: i speak german oh you do I lived Uh-oh. in Germany for a couple of oh, years. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: I, I went to Germany once when I was younger. I didn't, I didn't know a word in German.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, I, I got laughed at a couple of times. People, uh, I think I told someone nine Deutsch when they tried to talk to me. Yeah. So I've come a long way. <laughs> and I want to go back and redeem myself.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where would you go if you could go? Do you have like a favorite spot that you want to check out?
1: I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think I, I was, see, I was so young. I, I don't even.
0: Where did you go? When, uh, I
1: w- and I was staying in a small village outside of Hamburg. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we went and explored Hamburg. But great I was city. 16. And um, yeah, I think I could enjoy myself a little bit more now, um, especially if I get to, you know, put my, my German skills to use. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: That's awesome. Hamburg is a great city mm-hmm let's take a quick break mm-hmm. is that cool mm-hmm. okay. you know one thing i didn't realize was a possibility as a full-time professional musician was buying a home it just did not seem like a reality to me but let me tell you who can help let me tell you about the angstrom team they are supporting this podcast. They are dear friends of mine. I'm talking about Becky Carrying Kate. This is a mother-daughter real estate team with Coldwell Banker Realty. They've been selling homes in the Phoenix Metro era for 25 years, and they know what's up. I didn't think I could buy a home. They helped make it happen. Please find them. If you have any questions, 480-250-1936. That's engstromteam.com. How did you get into writing for licensing?
1: Um, how did I get into that? Um, initially, there's this uh, bow publisher in L.A. that came across one of my band, uh, Stephanie Articles songs. Um, they were interested in, in placing but
0: for film or they
1: were just going to pitch it there oh, okay. was no specific but they just thought they could license it so um, however when we released that track we did never get like our instrumentals or anything mm-hmm. so the it kind of became
0: they unusable. wanted it they wanted it without well, lyric or with
1: licensing typically you need to to be able to have the instrumental track of course the track with vocal, but right. if it's going to be in the background of something, um a lot of times they'll wanna bring in and out the in and out the vocal. Right. If not just keep it instrumental, depend, right. depending on what it's being used for. Right. Um so it just makes it harder to place if you don't have both versions. That's a bummer. So they said, You know what? We wanna talk to you about just writing some some uh just fresh stuff for us. Yeah. Um so, yeah, I got to go into the studio and turn out these pop songs for their catalog. Yeah. Which was a fun creative experiment.
0: Was it, um, was it songs that you wrote or did they write them and say, we want you I to wrote, sing it? Or... I
1: wrote them. Oh, the, awesome. So I was the, the songwriter and performer on yeah. them. Um, and they gave me my parameters And I um, wrote within those and um, yeah, so I uh, released publicly, there is this game we play EP out on the internet um, with some of those songs, Um, they're like electronic pop songs. Um, So yeah.
0: They just randomly found you. They
1: found me um, because our song was featured somewhere like on MTVU or something, and they came across it. Cool. Couldn't license it, but decided I might be a good um, writer for them. So I got to, yeah. Are you it's still something doing? I always wanted to do, so I was pretty yeah. stoked when that opportunity came up. No, super cool. Um, and no, the songs are, I they've been, there's been no big placement yet. <laughs> 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 That's how it works. Maybe yeah. in 10 years I'll, right. it'll, you know, one of those songs will be the theme song to your, new favorite netflix show or something <laughs> but um yeah so i did like an album for them and it's uh just sitting in their catalog right now i get a little bit of royalty income from just yeah. streams here and there
0: okay yeah
1: um
2: so yeah
0: that's awesome mm-hmm. i mean that's i feel like that's a goal for for a songwriter is to is to find an outlet like that you know,
1: sure. apart
0: from just releasing your stuff and, and gigging and whatever, getting mm-hmm. that, um, getting the mailbox money is, mm-hmm. is would be pretty great. Yeah. Put the tunes to work, you know.
1: Right. Right. And for this particular project, I mean, I had to kind of, uh, it, it wasn't what I would have naturally come up with if I had just sat down to right. write, being inspired on my own. But that was sort of the um, exciting part the challenge of it all right. was I still feel a need to, like I'm still going to be creative within these parameters. So it almost, yeah, it was a good challenge.
0: So the, the parameters were like,
1: well, um, you know, it had to be pretty accessible mm-hmm. music,
0: but they weren't like right about,
1: and, and a, a lyrically, <laughs> no, <laughs> right about a dog. No. Um, they had to be, you know, theme wide, they had to be positive. Okay. And, um, so pretty broad. They I had to like- have pretty broad hooks so that they were, you know, they were eas- easier to place. Right. Applicable yeah. in many different mm-hmm.
0: scenarios or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That would be an interesting challenge, I think.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you should try it sometime.
0: <laughs> Just I'll- ask me to write about a dog. I'll take care okay. of
1: it. Okay. Yeah. It seems like. I'll
0: work on that. Yeah. I'm going to work on that.
1: All right. Write about a dog. <laughs>
0: Tune in next week for this killer song about a dog. Um, tell me about. Um, tell me a little bit more about the the scene in in Tucson.
1: Scene in Tucson, we have a really good, like Latin music scene down in Tucson.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, lots of. How do I say? Yeah, lots of indie rock type bands. Mm-hmm. Um, really no real pop scene, I would say. I think there's more. And I use pop as an umbrella term.
2: Sure. You know. Yeah.
1: Um, but um, contrasting it with Phoenix, I think there is more of that up here. Mm-hmm. Tucson. Yeah, it's definitely more alternative vibes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Latin stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> is Calexico still down there?
1: Um. So, Joey from Calexico did live in Tucson for a while. Yeah. There's two main guys. And, right. And so, I guess that means half of <laughs> 50%. Half of Calexico. <laughs> but yeah, also, they use a bunch of musicians that are local to Tucson. Yeah. I sat in w- with them a couple times. Oh, really? On a couple of festival shows. Nice. Um, so yes, people do think of them as a Tucson band, right? Um, I think uh, I think that maybe um, the core members are living elsewhere right now, but okay. but they record they record in Tucson and yeah. play with musicians in Tucson. So yeah,
0: um, I'm a big Amos Lee fan, and he I think one of the guys from Calexico produced. Um, I'm spacing on the name of that record, but it has that aesthetic. It has that. Kind of sound
1: like desert rock yes exactly yeah. mm-hmm. and i
0: think that the tune like um window, windows are rolled down you know that tune
1: i don't know you have to sing it maybe i'd recognize
0: windows it. windows are rolled down no anyway. i don't know it's he sings it much higher than me um no but it it, it has that like desert rock kind yeah. of aesthetic mm-hmm. and and i it's it's hard i mean it's not hard to believe but i don't know phoenix has a sound you know whereas i feel like tucson
1: what do you think that sound is
0: the, the Phoenix sound? Yeah. I, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know it's if there fe- is one.
1: The genres, just the Phoenix I sound. I
0: guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's what it is. But mm. Tucson, ha- I feel like, ha- has a sound. And do, do you hear it or no? Yeah. Is that a thing? I,
1: I more so think Tucson has a sound over Phoenix having a sound. That's what I mean. Oh, gotcha. That's
0: exactly what I'm saying. Like I see. Phoenix doesn't have a Right, right. Thing, okay. You know? Yeah, we're
1: on the same page. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes.
0: And does it does it affect your writing at all? Like does it does it come through?
1: I feel like my band has always been um an outlier in yeah. Tucson. Which and is, it's,
0: like, tell me about the band. Like what's the instrumentation and in that and that's what sort of
1: it is. It's um all like piano based songs, drums, bass. So you got like the power trio yeah. plus strings. Cool. And in fact, we only in the past few years started adding guitar at all. Wow. So, it was really like that piano trio vibe with strings. Um it's it's sort of like a alternative pop um group sound um which doesn't really maybe tell you much but <laughs> <laughs> that's um, you know, that's the like maybe one of the genre the genre description yeah. I give it. Yeah. Like like a whimsical alternative pop. I like it. Um, yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and do
0: you do, do you play like the clubs down there or, or do you, do you guys get on the road or
1: we've done a few tours? Um, we've done a few West coast runs and it's been a while. We haven't done, we haven't been super active. I mean, for a couple different reasons too sure. lately, but we've done a couple West coast runs. Um, we used to play every year in Hermosillo, Mexico. Cool. Um, and uh so yeah we would do that we play on bills with with bands around Arizona mm-hmm. in Tucson and in Phoenix mm-hmm. myself and the band sort of um I feel are a part of both music scenes which is cool That is very cool We've always we've always you know yeah we played we used to play in Phoenix just as much as Tucson um and just be connected to all the the mu- musicians and bands from yeah from both places.
0: And I would assume that that being a part of the of the Lucky Devils family you are in direct contact with musicians in both
2: Well sure.
1: Markets. I mean I mean I have been with this band for over 10 years. Wow. So this is very before any of that. Sure. Um but a lot of those musicians that we played with in bands growing up and are now we you know now we work together on right. these these private event gigs.
0: Right.
1: So yeah.
0: I feel like the Tucson scene is a little bit like they're protective of the scene. Is that true? Or is this just, mm. am I feeling this because I'm, you know, as a Phoenician.
1: I think that artists, wherever they're, they identify as being from, I think take pride in that, you know, mm-hmm. so, so sure. I, I think that um there is that from artists and musicians, not just in Tucson, but in any any city that want to protect, yeah, mm-hmm. that vibe and yeah. that part of their identity. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to get, I've I played a couple of shows down there and I'd love to get more involved in that scene. I just haven't had m- much luck, mm, you know? Well, you're
1: talking to the right girl. Sweet. <laughs> yes.
0: Do you, do you have a favorite venue down there?
1: Well, sadly, a lot of our favorite venues closed you know in the past couple years really um you know club congress is a staple yeah everyone should play at club congress it's it's the spot um there was a venue called the Flycatcher, or before that plush that that closed down and got turned into student housing which is bummer oh drag (laughs) but that was you know a lot of local musicians one of their top places to play yeah um there was this uh listening room um next to a coffee shop uh exo bar down in Tucson that we all loved to perform at because it was a listening room you right. would go there and you'd really um people were really engaged in listening and um it was just a good vibe yeah in that close during due to, because of covid so
2: yeah
1: um yeah Solar Culture is a cool venue that's still going.
0: Solar Culture. Solar
1: Culture. It's like an art gallery, local art gallery slash music venue. Cool. It's a cool place. Um, Rialto is still open. Rialto is still open, yes.
0: Good. And Fox. And Fox. Good.
1: Yeah, those are more mid-sized mid mid-size venues. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so really there's not... I mean, there's certainly way more venues in Phoenix, bigger city, but, um, and unfortunately some of those cool little places that a lot of us loved playing recently went away, but yeah. Yeah.
0: How has, um, how has Tucson changed in the, in the time that that you have been there? I mean, I feel like obviously it's a, it's a big college town. Mm -hmm. Do you see, I mean, has it been, has it changed enough to, to kind of the aesthetic of it has changed.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've seen it grow up. I've seen it. Tucson get a lot taller, at least downtown. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, there's definitely some, uh, gentrification going on. Yeah. Downtown area. Yeah. Outskirts of downtown. Um, so yeah, it's grown up a lot. Um, lots of student housing rolling in. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, and uh yeah, I grew up in like a suburb of Tucson called Marana. Shout out. And yeah, what up? <laughs> um <laughs> so when I when I was a little girl, there was nothing around where I lived. It was like, you know, this suburban housing development just sort of popping up. There was a McDonald's and a Burger King when you got off the freeway, Little Abner's Steakhouse down the way and that was it then eventually you'd run into these homes that were starting to be built
2: uh-huh.
1: that whole area is completely developed now it's really? it's um yeah it's suburban paradise it's
2: <laughs> Circle all K's the
1: chains that you <laughs> yeah. could yeah they're all there now and so yeah it went from i it went from being sort of in the middle of nowhere to yeah, just totally growing up. So what, I mean, I've is, seen yeah, being in Tucson for, or being around Tucson for, I guess about well, yeah, thirty ish years now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of, lot of growing up of the city.
0: What What do you think the pull is? The what? The pull, like what, what oh, is the, mm. you know, what is what is?
1: Well, certainly, you know, that there's the university there. Yeah. I guess that's always been um, an aspect. I think, uh, the living cost. <laughs> yeah. Tucson is a pretty affordable place to live. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's, it's beautiful. If you, if you go, um, you can drive 40 minutes and be up in a pine tree forest in Mount lemon. If you need to escape the heat, mm-hmm. um, in in just so much great hiking all around. Um, so, yeah, I would say that those things really draw people. It's even that 5 degree difference of mm-hmm. temperature in Tucson makes a huge difference.
0: For sure. I always get a little jealous when I hear like that like Flagstaff is 68. Mm-hmm. And Tucson always got always has us by like, you know, 5 degrees.
1: Yeah, and it just it's just not a stuffy feeling, right. even, even yeah. you know, even at the same temperature. But, uh, and we get, we usually get an insane monsoon season every year. It sort of was pretty lame the past two, but this year made up for it. For so sure. we get, we get a lot of good rain actually in Tucson. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We- <laughs> rain. Rain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so what is next what is next for you do you have are you working on a new record I what is the what is the winter I in? pretty
1: much have a, a new record written I don't really know um, I don't really know what that's going to look like but I do I do know that I want to be working on like I want to be taking the next step with that by the end of the year mm-hmm um, whether that's even just beginning to more officially demo out all of these songs, yeah, just so they're all written they're they, most yeah, yeah. just a little few holes to fill, yeah, but the arrangements are there or the the piano and and vo- yeah the the uh the songs are there, yeah um and yeah. are
0: you are you gonna are you gonna do? Are you going to press CDs? Are you can do vinyl? Do you just I digital? I no idea. Yeah.
1: I don't know if I'll do a single at a time or right. just release an album. I don't know. But uh yeah, that's definitely at the top of my list. I need to get get going on that. I I didn't realize I I did have so many songs collected. Yeah. Um the last main really like last album release that I did was from 2017. Um but you know i'm always I always have pieces of songs I'm working on, on the side, and mm-hmm. I dug up my notes the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, I have an album we need to we need to get going on this That's awesome. get in the studio, yeah,
0: yeah do you have a do you have a particular process or does it does it just kind of come organically do you, are you a writer that like sits down every day I'm gonna write something i wish yeah I
1: don't know. um <laughs> no, I mean for the most part it's it's just when inspiration strikes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like it could be a chord progression that inspires a melody, or vice versa, right. or just a lyrical idea that inspires a melody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have one process.
0: Yeah, but it, in other words, it's not. It's like it's organic in the sense that yeah. it just comes when it comes, and yeah, you try to capture it in in, in as yeah. Quick as you or can. if
1: I if I. If there's something that I'm feeling emotionally that I want to express, um, you know, it's it's like a journal entry. Mm-hmm. So I'll sort of um, write down things I want to say literally, and then think of how I I want to say it more um, poetically.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you you really craft, you know? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I'm not good at that. I I I feel like if it doesn't if it doesn't come out the first time, like I don't want to fuck with it kind of thing, mm. you know, but that's probably not good. Cause I think,
1: so you write one song all at once in one sitting.
0: Typically, when it happens. Wow. Yeah. I,
1: I don't know if I've ever done that.
0: I kind of have to, I feel mm. I'm not good with, with, um, like scraps. If, if, it, if, if, if it doesn't fully form, I feel like it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't need to exist or something. I don't know. Hmm. It's well,
1: yeah, I've had stuff sit around for months mm-hmm. and I just look at it another day and I have an idea that I just couldn't have possibly had when I first sat down to write it. Right. And, the you know, um, I'm recently recognizing the power of co-writing, mm. I think, and I felt this way for a while. I'm like, well, it's my song. I, I'm going to write it from head to toe. Right. Um,
0: like a certain level of ownership or something.
1: Right. It's, it's personal to me. It should belong totally to me. Right. But the beauty of co-writing, if you find someone that you mesh well with is that they're going to come up with an idea that you could have never possibly thought on of on your own. And you inspired them to come up with that idea because of the original idea you put in front of them. Right. Um, I had some bad co-writing experiences in Nashville um, years ago. So I oh, swore off of it.
0: Tell me, tell me all about oh, it. Oh, It's
1: just, you know, I was in Nashville and I thought, well, I'm in Nashville. I think I I'm supposed to be like co-writing songs while I'm here. <laughs> so I talked to a couple of my friends out there to like set me up with writers. Um, just reached out to my network and I'm like, I want to write. Yeah. And I just, you know, I was just, I was a nobody. So I was writing with just other kind of just amateur writers in in they were in nashville but that didn't mean that they were any amazing
2: songwriters
1: (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i was like oh boy like this is just maybe not for me yeah um but um i yeah i recently i recently started uh, a friend of mine moved to tucson from uh texas and He's a fabulous writer, just great person to bounce ideas off of. Mm-hmm. And we started working on a a song that I sent to a publisher out in Nashville. He called me and gave. We talked about it. He gave me all of his advice, his thoughts on it, and I took it to my friend and I said, "Hey, let's let's play with this." It became something completely different and just so much better. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh yeah, if you're if you find somebody that you um, pair well with." co-writing is the way to go because it's also someone to hold you accountable. Like we need to finish this. Like, yeah, we're going to get together. And our goal in this hour that we get together is to finish or get closer to finishing the song at hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a huge level of trust. I feel that you have to have in the other person. Absolutely. And it's great to come at an idea from a, a relatively similar scenario, but you almost have to be similar and different at the same time to get Mm -hmm. a different thing, different enough, right? Right. Maybe a different turn of phrase or a different melodic idea. exactly. But it still has to live within this thing. So I'm with you. It took me a very long time to be comfortable sharing that process with other people just because of those things and melodic, lyrical, like these, they have to mesh in a way that makes sense, but is also unique in that, in that relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That, I'm sure that that process can be terrifying, especially if it's not going well. It's like, this is well, shit. right.
1: And then if you want to take um, pieces of what you're working on right. away from that session, you're, you, you may be stuck, get crediting, right. um, the, people or person that you initially sat down with. Right, right. So yeah, I remember I was in Nashville and I was, I was, you know, the initial, the the original idea was mine. And I, during that meetup came up with more ideas and I was excited about it, but I just wanted to get out there as soon as I could. I wanted my thumb drive and I just wanted to run and... (laughs) Make sure that the song was <laughs> still going to be mine, and no one was going to come after me right. because they were there when I came up with my ideas. Right. They were
0: in <laughs> so, the room, yeah. so they get a check or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, what a yeah, that can be a terrifying experience. All right, so you're you're still you're co-writing with this friend that mm-hmm. now lives in Tucson, mm-hmm. and is that part of the new album, or is that something different? I don't know. Oh yeah.
1: Um, I have see. I'm just um.
0: You're. A, your I'm writing I'm trying
1: to I'm trying to get in a better routine of writing and then, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some songs will obviously be mine and some songs will be worth um pitching to publishing or, or other artists. That's that's been a difficult thing for me to separate. Mm-hmm. You know, like how do I make that decision? I want all the songs I write to be mine, right. but um right. I guess as a businesswoman it's probably smart to um to yeah branch out and try to get them in other people's hands that can right. give them um exposure
0: Are you yeah. still working with the with the agency in LA for the for tunes?
1: Not currently. Yeah. Um yeah, we're, you know, like I said those songs are just um they're in their hands and yeah. they, they may be still pitching them. I I I, right. d- I don't know. Right. So um but no, I mean I I haven't done anything new with them for a few years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't watch the television, but I hear it in the background. If I've made any decision...
0: Talk to me about "Corner of the World."
1: All right, "Corner of the World." There's a song I released with my band. Well, I guess I wrote it in uh, 2013, and it came out on Timekeeper um, 2017. And it's a song that I wrote, I guess, about playing it safe. I suppose I've I've always um, talked about how I need to leave Arizona for a while. Even if I returned, I need to go have the experience of living life somewhere else. And I guess I, when I sat down to write this song, I was thinking about, um, or just trying to explore like why I had been in the same corner of the world for so, what's, what feels like so long to me. And, um, and, as like a musician and an artist, I recognize that there are likely other opportunities out there, but once you're comfortable, it's harder to leave you know where where you where you experience that comfort mm-hmm. um, so uh there's that aspect of of staying one place and feeling comfort of just having your network and your norm and it's scary to to leave that and jump into the unknown even though you might um you might find that um you have greater experiences if you do just kind of take that chance you know i think that's a lot of us artists um grapple with that Mm -hmm. Um, have you
0: been able to have that experience?
1: I mean, I get around enough, but i mean no, i've I've been in Arizona my whole life mm-hmm. um and then there's also the other side of the coin just that I feel like physically um I'm in a really comfortable place like i um i live in a in a corner of the world where i have as a woman I have all my rights i <laughs> I don't have to deal with a lot of these horrible things that I hear about and see in the news. And, um, the song is also just about sort of how I, um, turn maybe a blind eye to, to that stuff sometimes because I don't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of us do that. Like, well, that's not my real life. That sounds horrible, but at least, at least I'm not living through it. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, the song is about just um, me exploring, like how I feel like I've been kind of running circles in 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 Arizona for so long, but maybe maybe it's not so bad, or or maybe you know it's mm-hmm. it's, it's open ended.
0: Mm-hmm. Where would you? where would you move if you could
1: oh well you know i always think i always there's there's been phases where i've said oh yeah la it's just right there oh yeah nashville duh i write songs maybe nashville Re- most recently totally all about new york so mm-hmm. you know those are entertainment cities those are yeah. big cities everything's happening there um so yeah let's um all uh hopefully still do that but I do I do love I do love Arizona like I think it's a really special place so I agree I think that even if I left for a little bit I'd I'd eventually return but
0: yeah how did that how did that song um come about
1: I suppose for well the reasons I just It was just, it was just something I was pondering. Mm -hmm. Like I feel stuck, but also maybe because, but I'm safe, you know, like I'm, it's like, should I continue to play it safe? Is that cool? Or should I take more risks and chances and see what else is out there for me? That's sort of where the song came from. Um,
0: and was it yeah. a lyrical idea or or? Yeah, I
1: think it was. It was a lyrical. It yeah. was a lyrical idea first. I'm safe in this corner, this corner of the world, the same little corner that grew up a little girl. All the terrible things I don't have to see in this corner of the world. That's where I'll be. Got gotcha. you. Um. So, yeah, just yeah, like I said, me thinking on what it, how it has affected me, being like. Feeling like I've been um, in one general location for my my whole life. Right, mm-hmm. right.
0: Yeah, those. I mean, those experiences can be terrifying for sure, but also can lead to some really cool creative
2: exactly. changes. Mm-hmm. You
0: know. But I I know I guess I'm realizing this about myself as as I as I get older that I really love like the comfort of home. I love coming home.
1: Exactly. You know, Mm -hmm.
0: there's, there's that. And it's probably an equal desire to travel and see other places. But at some point I'm ready to be here, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and I think that those two things that you can have both of those things, right? You can, you can have a love of home and you can have a love of not being home. Mm -hmm. It's just finding that, that balance that continues to kind of fuel creativity and exposure to new things and right whatever right you know yeah yeah well it's a great song and we were saying or i i i i told you that it, the the strings sound so good and you you can't beat real strings it, like there's no mm-hmm. substitute you know if you yep. if you have the players fuck it makes it makes a huge difference
1: yeah, the articles always has recorded with real live strings. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's such a uh, it's a luxury. It's a luxury to have real strings.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy to to just uh, slap a MIDI patch right. on, but yeah, you can't you can't totally recreate it.
0: You can, and you can hear it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just that that warmth and h- human aspect Mm -hmm. to that, to those instruments that, yeah, no MIDI has, has come close to Mm -hmm. touching it, you know?
1: Honestly, it's come close, but (laughs) I still, I still vote for the real strings.
0: (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't work a ton with strings, uh, but it, it, it does make such a huge, uh, difference. So you were saying that when the articles play, there's, there's usually a string section, Live with you, like a
2: couple
1: string players, like two violins. Yeah, and sometimes for special shows, we'll bring like a quartet up for a few tunes.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. awesome. And you recorded it. You said here.
1: Yeah, the the band is always recorded up in Phoenix with yeah. my good friend Curtis Douglas. Shout yeah. out. Shout out. Hey.
0: Hey Curtis, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> Brian says hey. <laughs> <laughs> and it, but you said it's not. It's not like, it's just like his home studio. It's not.
1: Well. We've done stuff at what was, yeah, a home studio at one point, but he, he now works out of, like, a commercial space okay. in Tempe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds great, and the, and the drums sounded great. Um, I thought I heard there was, I mean, I, I was trying to, like, you know, we were talking about how you would define your genre, and I was trying to think of maybe musicians that might have influenced you, mm. and I feel like I heard a little bit of Fiona Apple in there. Is that a thing?
1: Well, is it because I'm a female who...
0: Plays the plays piano. piano and
1: sings. <laughs> it's funny, I didn't listen to Fiona Apple um, when I was younger, and people started comparing me because yeah. I think just, yeah. I mean, well, I get compared Regina Spector, Alicia Keys, Fiona Apple, and I'm like, do I really sound like them, or is it just the piano femme vo- vocal thing? Wow. Well, but I, it's, I'd like it's interesting. I
0: it, like to think that it, it was a little deeper than that for me. I
1: hear you. Yes. It's, there's like a darker element yes. to it. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And
0: that drum groove, that kind of break beat drum thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I feel like that Fiona, that first Fiona record ha- had a lot of that mm-hmm. aesthetic in it.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because these sorts of artists that people compared me to early on, I then went <clears> and dove throat> into throat> them. Yeah. So it was like reversed. It was like, right. Oh, Okay.
0: Maybe I should check them out. I'm going to
1: go check them out. And and so perhaps I picked up more influence from them simply, but after being
0: (laughs) compared to them. Right. Um, Well, give me an artist then that, that really influenced you and your playing.
1: um, Rufus Wainwright comes to mind. Awesome. Um, Feist. These Uh are, this is like my high school years. Like these were my, this, these were my jams. Like Ben Folds, Rufus, Feist. Um, sure alicia keys uh that was one of you know she was someone that i as a little girl always of course looked up to yeah um but then i yeah then i was like listening to um like the mars volta and rx bandits in high school and so Wait, what was the second one rx bandits they were like a alt ska kind of band whoa yeah, those are my high school years. Okay. Did I miss anything? Oh, Isley. Yeah, if you know me, you know I'm a huge Isley fan. They're I don't even know they're what I, lesser who, known. They're is they're Isley? like a family band. Girl like all these sisters that just sing with just beautiful, perfect harmony mm. and
0: I hate them already. Um
1: yeah. Me too. I tried see I, this is it really upset me my sisters won't they, they can't it. sing. I tried. It. I'm like, okay, here's your part. We're <laughs> going to sing harmony together. We're going to be Isley. And they just, they, you know, they couldn't. And couldn't and I was so mad that yeah. they, that they, well, you know, would just sing the melody line with me. I'm like, yeah, no, like, that's not your part. This is the harmony. Yeah. Um,
0: do you ever, do you ever like in a, in a show or not? A, well at a gig, do you ever do the vocal harmonizer thing, the pedal thing? No,
1: Mm -hmm. I get, I get so stressed out trying to incorporate all that technology into my live performance. I mean, I know there's already so much of it, but, um, yeah, no, I've never used that. I, a lot of times my, uh, violinists have been able to, to add the harmonies live.
0: Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, there was, there, there is a ton of harmony, um, on, on your, on your tune was that was that something that that you had to work at or or did it kind of just come naturally the oh
1: harmony has always been my thing mm-hmm. like that's what i love about being in the studio is like okay we've mm-hmm. got the main line now down now i get to harmonize mm-hmm. like how many harmonies can we right. can we stack on this <laughs> and when i couldn't when i couldn't like sing nice and light for that year i was like man i just want my voice back just enough to be able to add a little bit of harmony yeah like to yeah I, that's one of my favorite things yeah. coming up with harmonies right I love it so yeah I definitely take advantage of that in the studio yeah hmm
0: well I, I really enjoyed that tune and and thank you for thank you for sharing it of course and thank you for for coming on the podcast fitting me into the schedule yeah. It was nice. I Thanks caught you right at the me. right moment. You sure did. Just as mm-hmm. you're ready to blaze out of town, mm-hmm. I roped you in.
1: Yep.
2: Well,
0: I appreciate it. Yes, did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm reluctantly here. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. It's great. Thanks for having me.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you. Cheers. So the story, goes. <laughs> so the story goes.